Welcome to UFC Ultimate Faithful <laughs> Fighting Catholics. Jess Romero, Terry Barber, your spiritual fitness trainers. This is where we teach you full contact Catholicism, Amen. and I'm reporting for duty. Too. Yes, I'm reporting to duty. I'm so honored to be alive at this time. It's yeah. really a great time to be a Catholic, and it's a great time to show clarity and charity to our leaders in our church, to our families, to everyone, because right now we're lacking it. Just today we're going to be talking about Pope Francis allowing same-sex blessings shows, you know, basically that he wants the German senatorial way for the whole church, which... You know, I, I was kind of not sure, but actions speak louder than words. What he's saying is, yeah, every bishop's going to—he's basically going to be talking about this as a an, a Protestant approach to churches, you know, when they have churches in different countries. That's not how the universal church operates, but I think I see it coming. Also, we're going to have our friend Dr. Peter Howard, who will be here on the 14th of October for the Day with Fulton Sheen. He's going to talk about a little bit about what he's bringing. He's bringing what I call a second-class relic of Fulton Sheen, the mitre that he would wear, Bishop Sheen. That's going to be on display at the conference here. You can register for that conference by going to vmpr.org. And then we've got our friends from Church Militant to give us an update. So these, uh, these interviews that they've been doing the last week, Jesse, have just been outstanding interviews at Church Militant on letting us know what's happening in the church so we can be yeah. praying for our leaders and making reparation and praying that we that our prayers will be efficacious enough to convert many leaders in our church to go back to the deposit of faith. That's yes, right. I, I got a couple things I'll just mention one or two and then I'll throw it back to you. Yep. Uh, you know, good to know file. And this is actually uh, an amazing thing. Uh, are you ready for this? We've got women. Yes, women. You know, like Janet Smith and and others. Uh, they're they, they, what they did is they wrote a letter to the Holy Father uh, saying that, hey, would you guys please just preach the deposit of faith and not go off on your tangents that are am making things ambiguous? We just want the simple faith. And I love it because, the, you know, we talk about women's voice. Well, here they are speaking like, like mama bears, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. Just also, yep. just another one, Bishop Joseph, excuse me, Bishop Schneider joins Cardinal Mueller and calls the new doobie a highly urgent and meritorious. And we've got other bishops who are saying the same thing and cardinals. So it's it's coming up. The the women also on that list was Sister Dee Dee Byrne, who we've had on our show. She's she's awesome. Jesse had the privilege of meeting her several times. She's the real deal. And it's just like I say, a letter that says to the Senate uh people that uh that's profess the Catholic faith in uh, amid these widespread heresies in the church. You know what? I don't normally uh, like women getting involved too much. Uh, you know, I, don't get me wrong, Jess. There's a place for them. But you know what? I, I agree with Janet Smith and all the women that signed that letter. It's time to go back to basics. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, ab absolutely, Terry. And uh, there's another bishop that threw his name with the five dubia cardinals. That's right. His name is Bishop Marion Eleganti. Yep. So Bishop Marion Eleganti's also joined the the voices yep, the voices him. of grave concern yep. for the souls and for the church. So he's he, also thrown his voice. Also, uh, the question is, we'll be looking at it. Did Pope Francis open the door to same sex blessings? That's what we're going to be discussing. Oh yeah. One of Pope Francis's responses to the five questions presented by the five cardinals in July is seen by many as opening the door to blessings for same sex unions in some circumstances. 
course. He says, although there are situations that from an objective point of view are not morally acceptable, pastoral charity itself requires us not to treat as sinners other people whose guilt or responsibility must be attenuated by various factors that influence subjective imputability. He said nothing there. That's his typical... False compassion. Yeah, this is just typical of the modernists. Yeah, that is. They, they're, they're so impressed with words that mean nothing. It's word salad. Yeah. Also... Tell me, Jess. Pope Francis issues apostolic exhortation on climate. I'm almost done with it. Yeah, Pope Francis released an apostolic uh, exhortation on Tuesday yep. in which he called for aggressive, globally enforced climate legislation. He says, it is no longer possible to doubt the human anthropic origin of climate change. Wow, I guess he's, I guess he's a scientist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says, Francis wrote, I feel obliged to make these clarifications which may appear obvious because of certain dismissive and scarcely reasonable opinions that I encounter even within the Catholic Church. My question, I'm not stupid, I'm not a kid. I wonder how much money he was paid to say that. Um, seriously, um, I wonder how fat the check was for Pope Francis to say that. I'm just saying, I'm thinking out loud because everybody knows it's true. I just happen to not be afraid to say it. Also, the saint of the day, St. Francis of Assisi, was born to a noble family and pursued worldly desires, including joining the military. He was captured. He had a conversion during his imprisonment. He returned home and renounced all his worldly possessions, even stripping naked in front of the bishop. Yep. He spent the rest of his life in poverty, rebuilding the Church of Christ. His way of life attracted many followers, followers and became a papally approved rule. Towards the end of his life, he received the stigmata and united himself to Christ. Also, Bishop Strickland condemns same-sex blessings. <laughs> you think? He, in, in a pastoral letter he published just one day after the Vatican released a statement from Pope Francis that seemed to open the door to such blessings in certain circumstances, Bishop Strickland said, let us be clear, this truth cannot be changed, close quote. And finally, <clears throat> uh, this, is the, this is the language of the left here. You'll, you'll find the Catholic left, mm -hmm. they'll always say, Oh, the Spirit told me. Yeah, not or the Holy the, Spirit. But the yeah, Spirit. no, they wouldn't, even say, they wouldn't even say the Holy no, Spirit. They, no. they, they stopped saying that That's in the 60s. exactly right. Yeah, they'll say the Spirit. Yep. They never say the Holy Spirit. They'll say the Spirit led me. The Spirit spoke to me. Well, uh, you know, Pope Francis said in a recent interview uh, that the 2023 Synod on Synodality is intended to be a period of prayer and discernment among church leaders and laity. And then he said this. To implement this, Pope Francis said, synod participants are using a method known as conversation in the spirit mm -hmm. as a new way of discussing and praying about church issues. So forget about looking at the doctrines of the Bible. Forget about looking at the doctrines of the councils. Yeah. Forget about looking at the perennial teachings of the magisterium. Now the new way in the church under Pope Francis that we're going to decide what's right or wrong we're going to have a conversation in the spirit this is charismatic hogwash and it's now been it's now been mainstreamed in the in, in, in pope francis's pontificate jesse i want to get to the this is we could go on and on let's just get some gospel we need we need what you just said some biblical views sure. let's, and one last thing about saint francis jesse i'm sure you're aware of this he's the one who said we got to have the Blessed Sacrament on the main altar for Mass. That's where he belongs. And you remember what he said about poverty? 
He said, poverty ends at the altar. Meaning, yes, we can live simple, but when it comes to the sacrament of the, of, of the Mass and Holy Communion, we, we use the best material because it's for God. So I think he had a good balance, and I think that we could learn from him on that. Yep. Uh, the Gospel according to Luke chapter 9, verse yep. 57. As Jesus and his disciples were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Wow. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord. But, let, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. Jesus answered him, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, just think about what happened to Lot's wife. The kind of an analogy she looked back at, oh, look at what I'm leaving. Look at this, you know, all the good memories I have of, of Sodom. Look at all the friends I had. And, and, and my husband, Lot, wants to take me away. And, and so she was following Lot, but her, but her heart was still in Sodom. And she looked back because she just, she, she, she wanted to go back uh, to all those memories of Sodom. Well, guess what? It didn't turn out too well for her. She nope. turned to salt. And also in verse 59, where it says, you know, you know, about burying the dead, the dead bury their dead and burying my father. Now, the Bible says, obviously, Old and New Testament, it's a sacred responsibility. And it's a practical extension of the commandments to honor one's parents, the fourth commandment. But what, he, what our Lord is saying here, he's not saying not to bury your parents or not to bury your loved ones. What he's saying is that the duty of Christian discipleship, the duty of following Jesus is even more sacred than burying your family members. That's what he's saying. And in verse 62, once again, where, where, we, where we see it says, no one puts it, where Jesus says, no one puts his, his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What, what, what did we mean by looking back? That means that you're postponing your commitment to becoming a disciple of Christ. You're postponing your commitment to the kingdom of God. And Jesus is here. He's even more demanding than Elijah. I mean, Elijah permitted his, his, his you know, to, uh, Elisha to kiss his parents before he left. Right. Jesus is saying, no. He says, when you follow me, it's total commitment. Don't look back. Wow. When we come back, I've got a quote that Bishop Sheen's giving to the Holy Father and to the Senate fathers and lay women and men that are in, in, the, in the Holy See right now in the Senate on synodality. Wait to hear what Bishop Sheen's advice is about responsibility. Wow. Full Sheen ahead when we come back on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back indeed. Put your seatbelt on. Bishop Sheen to the rescue. He's going to give some advice. Yeah, full Sheen ahead. He's giving advice to the Holy Father and to the bishops and the lay people and religious that are at the Senate on synodality starting today. 
And his advice is about responsibility that they have. He says, truth brings with it great responsibilities. That is why so many men keep their hands open to welcome it, but never close them to grasp it. And their cowardness, they keep their minds open. Hmm, sounds like a modern church today. So that they will never have to close on anything that would entail responsibility, duty, moral correction, or altered behavior. You know, like telling somebody that is in a adultery, uh, you know, they, they can't receive Holy Communion because they're not living with their wife. They're living with an, another woman. That's called responsibility, moral correction that Bishop Sheen is talking about. And it seems that in the church today, that's not happening. And so I think Bishop Sheen's advice would be well-received. Oh, well, I hope it will be well-received, Jesse, in the Vatican today. That's right. Uh, and Terry, oh, gosh. you know, when I, when I look at what's happening right now in the Vatican, yeah. uh, th- this is... This is following the spirit of the age. Yes, it is. is the not, world. Yeah, that, that's, that's what the spirit of the age is. Yes. The world. Yes. It's a worldly spirit, which, which is a, it's a, d- a demonic spirit. Yeah. This is not following the Holy Spirit. Well, and when I say the Holy... Every time I talk about the third person of the Trinity, I always say the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not like, well, I'm not like a liberal Catholic says, Oh, the Spirit. Oh, the Spirit it's told nebulous. me. Oh, the Spirit. What the heck is that? Exactly. We just start, we just start talking like a Catholic. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> quit talking like quit talking like a Pentecostal modernist. Yep. But uh, yeah, Terry Pope. I want to just move on to Pope Francis allowing same-sex blessing. Yes, let's go. He shows he wants the German synodal way for the yeah. whole church. Yeah, which is sad, which is tragic. I'll say not just sad; it's tragic. Yeah, Terry, and it's interesting because the Bible says Jesus says for us to get to heaven, we need to enter by the narrow gate, yes. and the wide gate, and the wide gate path leads to hell yes well pope francis it's it's almost as if he's saying that the road to heaven happiness is the wide gate yeah and that narrow gate you don't that narrow gate uh, that's that's rigid yeah that that's the narrow gate is rigid the narrow gate is for is 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 for people that uh you know they can't change with the times Uh, uh terry every single one of us yeah has a demon with a pitchfork that's speaking in our ear. Right. We've got to pray that that demon with a pitchfork that's speaking in Pope Francis's ear, that he rebukes that demon and, and, and cast it out in Jesus' name. Because right now, Terry, yes. I mean, it's speaking to him loudly. Well, Jesse, let me jump in here because we've got Dr. Peter Howard, who's coming for the Fulton Sheen event on the 14th of October. And he's got some special news to give us. Dr. Peter Howard, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Hey, Terry. It is great to be with, uh, <laughs> be with well, I guess, both of you this time. Last time it was just you, so I yeah. got Terry and Jesse. That's right. <laughs> so, Dr. Peter, well, tell us about yeah. the 14th of October and what we're bringing that's special to this event that we're having at the chapel. Sure. Well... First, it's a very historic day mm-hmm. in that uh, this is part. This conference is part of a growing worldwide movement to really put the spotlight on the man, on the saint that God has given yes. not only the church in the world but here in America um, as really the, the the general. You can say the spiritual director. Uh, our teacher, um, all the things that we're searching for right now, we have a conference that's going to be focusing on why this man, Venerable Fulton Sheen, is the answer that God has given 
to us, and we're going to spend an entire day yep. um, focusing on all of the all of his of his wisdom that he has to give us. Some takeaways that we can do to really be, start changing not just you know the broader world, but ourselves and our families um, and our nation. Well said, and I also want to mention that you're bringing a artifact or that Bishop Sheen used. Can you tell us about that? So I think that that was something that a lot of people should want to. Uh, at least venerate because it touched the Fulton Sheen's head. Go ahead. That's right. Yes. Uh, thanks, Cherry. Well, for I don't even know how much time, but I've been very blessed to be um, put in the guardianship of the favorite mitre, Good. Episcopal mitre of Fulton Sheen. Good. And it's not just a second class relic because you wore it, but because there are still hair follicles inside, you know, so the, sure. <laughs> we make sure we don't clean things that own to the saints. Yes. Um, and so it's a first class relic as well. And as far as I know, it's the only one that I know that's in circulation. Wow. Um, and we're going to be very blessed to have this miter there, which I think carries great symbolism mm -hmm. at a time where we are in a massive crisis in leadership. I mean, I just overheard what you and Jesse were just talking yeah. about. Mm. And my goodness, you know, there's, I guess there's a, a prophetic meaning of the vacancy underneath that mitre, yeah. but the whole purpose of this conference that we're having is to show everyone here that in a certain sense, like Jesus said, it was better for him that he could go so that he could be you know, spread throughout the whole world with the Spirit. Yeah. Well, this movement is to really embody once again the mission of Sheen right here in America for our family, um, for our nation, for the whole world, and really for the Church. So what a, what a blessing that we'll have that to venerate while we're there. Absolutely. People can register for the event, whether they're going to get it on streaming or to be there in person by going to vmpr.org or call 877-526-2151, and they can uh, actually register right there. There's plenty of room. We would love to have you come. Uh, Dr. Peter Howard, one last comment before I let you go. People today, I, I mean, I, I, I quoted Fulton Sheen today, every day on our radio show about his wisdom. And he said that it's easy to find the truth. It's hard to face it and harder still to follow it. I think today, right now in the church, this idea of what is truth is so important. I think Fulton Sheen really can help us in that direction. Your, your thoughts about truth. Did I lose you? I think I lost him. Okay. Bottom line, Jesse, we have an event the 14th of October here on Fulton Sheen. We'd love to have people join us. Go to vmpr.org. Jess, let's jump back to Pope Francis allowing same-sex blessings shows that, you know, he wants the German Sedano way for the whole church. I don't. I think that's not conjecture. I think that's based on what he says, uh, and I hate to say it, but um, this is going to, this approach, Jesse, is more like Protestantism where each country decides on what it teaches about certain things and in Catholicism, that's foreign. We just don't do that. We call it one holy Catholic and apostolic. It's a universal teaching. What is taught in Germany should be taught in America or Venezuela or wherever in China. We have one deposit of faith. We don't have national deposits. Terry, Pope Francis is on record back in 2016 mm -hmm. saying that he will be the Pope to divide the church. Yes, he said that. Yeah. He also told the young people, mess, yeah. come into the church and make a mess of the church. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like he hasn't told us what he plans on doing. Right. Now he's just carrying out his plans because he sees that his time is short. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm looking at a picture of Cardinal Reinhard Marx, 
who's warmly greeting Pope Francis during the German bishops' November 2022 mm-hmm. ad a visit at the Vatican. Yeah. But with his recent response to the five cardinals, the dubia questions, which essentially allows clergy to, to decide for themselves whether to bless homosexual unions, Pope Francis has shown that the German synodal way is what he wants for the entire church. Right. While this may seem obvious to some, many still defend Pope Francis because he has provided some pushback against the heretical German way, like forbidding the establishment of a permanent synodal council or saying, there is one very good Protestant church in Germany, we don't need two. (laughs) However, looking at the Pope's actions, we can observe that he is in fact walking on the same trajectory as the German bishops, only a little slower. Yeah, Terry, he's slow walking this. Well, actions speak louder than words, Jess. Yeah. And uh, the Archbishop of Berlin yes. is, is already allowing well, yeah, bless- other places. He's, sure. he's already allowing the blessings of same-sex unions. And uh, he cites Pope Francis and Archbishop Fernandez, and that's why he's doing it. Yeah, see, can so, I just jump in yep. and tell you one thing? I've heard that other uh, prelates have said, look, just go ahead. The Holy Father says on the QT months ago, go ahead and do what you think's best. It's now just coming open to everybody to know that he's always been for this support. He's trying to work on both sides of the fence. And when it comes to morality, that doesn't work. And so I need to ask everybody to pray for the Holy Father. I mean, you hear everybody complaining about it. Well, number one, first response for as a Catholic is we got to pray for his conversion because he's the leader of our church, whether you like it or not, Jesse. He's the Pope. Yep, yep. The position that that Francis has taken on same-sex blessings is the exact same position that the Archbishop of Berlin, Heiner Koch, has expressed recently. Uh, Archbishop Koch left it to every individual priest to decide whether they want to bless homosexual couples, citing statements by Pope Francis and his new doctrine chief, Archbishop Victor Fernandez, as justification, by the way, Archbishop Fernandez is an expert on the mystical art of kissing, in case you're wondering. <laughs> the way the left describes this, Terry, is, the way they describe this is by saying that we've got to listen to the current magisterium. That's how they argue this. Yeah, but there is no... See, Jesse, that's <laughs> never course. been stated, exactly. current magisterium. No, the Pope is the vigor of Christ. He's not the superior of Christ. But it's funny that he refuses to take that title a couple of years ago, they asked him to write to write that title in in some uh, in some book that yeah. every every pope signs in the Vatican. Yes. They sign their name, then they sign you know two hundred and fiftieth vicar yep. of Christ. He would not write vicar of Christ next to his name. I'm just saying he do he won't take that title. So granted, some German bishops like Bishop German Bassing are clearly more open about their modernist pro LGBT agenda than Francis. Yeah. But both Francis' synodal way and the German synodal way lead to the same results, toleration and sometimes promotion of sinful practices that endanger the souls of many. Francis knows that he cannot change immutable church doctrine and still be recognized as a legitimate Catholic pope. Instead, with his toleration and promotion of sinful acts, like the reception of communion for unrepented adulterers, divorce and civilly remarried, and same-sex blessings, He's changing the practice, preventing many who live in a state of objective mortal sin to see the errors of their way. 
Terry, I feel like we got punched in the gut yeah. when uh, Pope Francis, you know, when he signed the text affirming Amoris Laetitiae, yes. allowing communion for divorced and remarried couples, and now I feel like a second punch of the gut. Oh, yeah. The German modernists, due to their directness and lack of restraint, mm-hmm. as an Austrian, uh, the, the, the author writes, as an Austrian of the German heritage, I'm allowed to say this, are usually more open about their intentions to undermine the Catholic faith. Pope Francis, on the other hand, by virtue of being a South American Jesuit, is more patient, scheming, and ambiguous. However, the path they are on is the same. And I'm afraid it is not the narrow path that Pope Francis is is leading the church to. Let us love our shepherds, pray for the conversion of the Pope and the German bishops, and and resist the temptation to hate them for their errors, so that we may one day, by God's grace, all worship our Lord together in the beatific vision, and they may all come to conversion and repent of their sins. Yep, and that's why Jess and I can stay right now. Who we worship is Jesus Christ. We can say that we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, both Jess and I would be billionaires because our faith is in Jesus Christ. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more to inspire you. We're back, Jess. God bless you. Yeah, Terry, we're talking about um, Pope Francis allowing same-sex blessings. He show, uh, shows that he wants the German synodal way to be something that's mainstream, that's part of the entire Catholic Church. Jesse, can I just jump in? Remember what I said about Pope Francis being formed in Germany when he was a young priest? He didn't get his degree, but he had moral theology. There's a principle in moral theology that says, I think it's Richard McCormick, about... The ideal, like for example, Jess Romero, you and Anita, the ideal is that you guys stay married and monogamous and faithful to each other. But we know, Jess, you and, and same with me, my wife Mary and I, we have to be monogamous. That's what we're called to do. But you know what? We understand. you got another man or woman on the side. You know, that's okay. See, this is the approach that people are taking in the church today at the highest levels they, they, they consider, here's the ideal, but here's what we have to accept people. So that's why we're going to bless a homosexual couple, because, you know, they have a right to love each other. I mean, I've heard that from prelates saying that. Jesse, that's not Catholic theology, but I, they get this from proportionalism, saying that here's the ideal, but here's what we have to live with. It's lowering the bar on morality. And what Fulton Sheen said to us earlier today about the quote from him about truth when he said this, that truth brings with it great responsibilities. The Holy Father, the bishops, you and I, all of us. That is why so many men, he says, keep their hands open to welcome it, but never close them to grasp it. <clears throat> and He calls it cowardness to do this. I, yeah. I, I didn't say it. Bishop Sheen said, I agree with him, Jesse. It's cowards. They keep their minds open so that they will never have to close on anything that would entail responsibility, duty, moral correction, or altered behavior. I really believe many of our prelates <clears throat> have forgotten that they're called to correct their sheep and not just be wanting to be liked and saying, oh, well, I'm not going to correct you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hold you to any responsibility. You won't like me if I do that. What's that got to do with it? Remember, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth, even the Pope. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. I'm done. Terry, for for many of, of the modernists today in the church, yeah. the 
the pursuit of salvation has been replaced by social justice. Exactly, and and also also the global and, uh, and, saving and, and, of the world and know. the whole uh, uh, planet Earth, uh, Earth Earth goddess. Yes, and it's 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 interesting, but I got to give kudos to uh, Bishop Barron. Yeah. He rec- he recently gave Good. a lecture. Yeah, and Bishop Barron said he was talking about po- uh, Saint Francis. Yeah, he, he said that. That you know, a lot of people look at Saint Francis kind of like that, uh, you know, uh, a, a hippie saint. But Bishop Barron says that Saint Francis, he got it right. He, in his prayers, he yes. would call nature, nature is our sister, not our mother. Right. Yeah. Saint Francis Good never called nature. Nope. Yeah. Bishop Barron says Saint Francis never called nature our mother. He called nature our sister. Big, big difference. And, and so kudos to, to Bishop Barron. But Terry, I think I think Pope Francis started watering the ground nine years ago, ten years ago when he became Pope. He was waiting for Pope Benedict to die before he could um, implement all these things uh, that, that basically uh, go against uh, the perennial teachings of the last two popes and the entire papacy. And and he would use terms to start w- kind of like softening people up. Yeah, uh, people started calling him the Pope of Mercy. False mercy he, is what he, yes. He would uh, use the terms that like uh, you know we have to company. accompany people. With, you know that that started touching people. So I was like, wow, what a what a really holy man. He wants to accompany people. Mm-hmm. Then he would say things like, "Who am I to judge?" Right. He, th- he threw that out into or into the Catholic orbit. Then he'll he'll he uses the words like. We've got to reach out to those in the periphery. Well, homosexuality—that's the periphery. He'll say uh, other terms he's thrown out there in the last nine, ten years. We must accommodate. That's not in the Bible, but he uses that a lot. Uh, he'll say we've got to go out to the margins. Go out to the margins. Yeah. Well, the, he would he would consider the LGBT uh, people the margins. He's also introduced, you know, radical inclusion. Everybody's got to be inclusion. We are the church. Every, you know, everybody's welcome. This radical inclusion. He's also uh, uses his term, which, which this is how he, this is how he's promoting this. Mm-hmm. He just says, "Well, well, we serve the God of surprises." Yeah. That Terry, when when has a pope ever said that? No. Where's that in the Bible, Old or New <laughs> Testament? Where's that in tradition? But see, if the pope says that we worship the God of surprises. Well, the, the God of surprises is leading the church now to bless same-sex unions because he's the God of surprises. See, all, all these words that he's been using, Terry, it's it's been in preparation for this day. He's been using 10 years yeah. of ambiguous words, uh, meeting people where they're at. Yeah, uh, all meeting people, dialogue. Yeah, t- all meeting people where they're at in dialogue means is is it's a phony excuse not to call people to repentance. Exactly. That, that's that's all that it means. That's all that it means. Uh, and 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 dialogue. That's that's another false term that's used by by the Catholic left. What does dialogue mean, Terry? The 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 modernist Catholic left. They already have the answer before they ask the question, okay? And they're, they're trying to change the church by, this is Vatican III. The synod of synodality is Vatican III. 
And the liberals and the, the moderns in the church, they've already made up their mind. Yes. The synods, as Diedrich von Hildebrand would have would have called him if he was alive, Dr. von Hildebrand, they're, they're a Trojan horse. Yes. It, it's smoke and mirrors. Yes. It, it, it's, it's parlor tricks, Terry. Yeah, Jesse, one of the things I realize is this. False compassion, I got that. But if you really love somebody, you will give them the truth of the gospel. I say that it's not love when you compromise the gospel teachings out of respect or just wanting them to feel good. I don't think that's the gospel that Jesus Christ gave to us. And I think that the Holy Father, unfortunately, and some of the cardinals and bishops have succumbed to this idea that, well, we don't want them to feel bad, so we want you to be welcome. So we will compromise on any of these moral teachings as long as you feel good enough to show up and worship with us and we'll be friends. But that's false love. That has nothing to do with love. Love is telling someone the truth of the gospel, not telling them what the world wants us to be wants us to hear. And I think that's really the crux of what a Holy Father has been doing is making friends with the world and not preaching the hard truths of the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. I haven't heard that. Terry, and, and this this whole, you know, we have to dialogue yeah. with the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Catholic dialogue must lead to a knowledge of Jesus Christ and to repentance. Catholic dialogue doesn't lead to, uh, you know, accepting everybody's false opinions that go against uh, the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church, especially when it comes to morality. Right. Another thing that I would say is that is that people wonder, I know 30, 20 years ago, it would have been unthinkable for me, even 30 years ago, yeah. I would have said, man, every bishop and every pope and every priest, they're all in heaven. Man, they're all holy men. I would have said that 30 years ago. Sure. I was a papal altar 30 years ago. Yeah. Okay, when I just... Uh, to me, without a doubt, if you would ask Jesse, even 25 years. Oh, yeah. Does every pope, bishop and priest go to heaven? I would have said 100 percent of them go to heaven. (laughs) Hell is only for lay people. It's not for the clergy. That's what (laughs) I would have said. But red pill. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, St. John Chrysostom, doctor of the church. Listen to this. Here's what he says in his commentary on the Acts of the Apostles. He says, yeah. this is, he says this about brother bishops. And remember, the Pope is a bishop. That's his, he's the bishop of Rome. St. John Chrysostom says, quote, The soul of a bishop is for all the world like a vessel in a storm, lashed from every side by friends, by foes, by one's own strangers, by one's own people. I do not think there are many bishops Ooh. that will be saved but many more that perish. Pope Pius XI in a private audience, he said this. He said, the church's worst persecutors have been her own unfaithful bishops, priests, and religious. Opposition from the outside is terrible. It gives us many martyrs, but the church's worst enemy is her own traitors, Pope Pius XI. And if you don't think that that the devil goes after bishops, and remember the Pope is a bishop, if you don't think the devil goes after bishops with a vengeance, then you need to read St. Paul's letter, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. Here's what he says. If anyone aspires to the office of bishop, 
He desires a noble task. Okay. And then St. Paul, he, he says about, he warns these, these ordained men about, you know, don't get all puffed up. He says this, uh, that he may be puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. In other words, a bishop may be puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. And he also says about a bishop, a bishop may fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Well said. Snare of the devil. Jesse, well said. And I want to mention that we need to study our faith and know our faith really well because when you see things like this, you have to deepen in your faith and pray for our leaders in our church that they will be converted to the deposit of faith because really this is what's at issue right now. And and when we come back from our break, we've got the church militant coming on to talk about the church news. But I, I encourage people that this is the time to get down on our knees and really pray hard for Holy Mother of the Church. This is a crisis time we're living in where our leaders are not leading us to the deposit of faith, but leading us to a worldly view on whether it's sexuality, other morality. We know what the faith is. This shouldn't affect us other than praying harder for our leaders in our church that they will be faithful to the deposit of faith. Okay, up next, Church Militant coming on, giving us an update on what's happening in the latest Church Militant newscast. Stay with us, family. I've got to run to a a funeral. I'm going to be gone, but Jess will be in good hands with him. So thanks again for joining us. We'll be back with Church Militant. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Brad, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, my friend. Every Wednesday, we got Church Militant. They give us an update on politics, culture wars, what's going on in the church. And there's a lot going on in the church and a lot going on in our country and in the world. Go ahead, Brad, take it away. What's going on, partner? Well, the, uh, the latest uh, Laudate Deum, the uh, apostolic exhortation uh, on uh, climate alarmism, is uh, dropped today on the Feast of St. Francis, and uh, also on the, the first day of the opening of the Synod, on Synodality in Rome. So this um, green apostolic exhortation really is uh, doing two things. One, it's uh, full of uh, climate alarmism, and two, it's kind of bashing skeptics. So it's kind of uh, unfortunate that the paper and ink were used for that purpose. <clears throat> now, it's addressed to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis. And the climate alarmism, you know, how's this for a quote from the document? The world in which we live is collapsing and maybe nearing the breaking point. Well, you know, you and I are old enough to know the sounds of things back in the 70s and how all that, you know, was like, oh, the world's going to end in 10 years and five years, uh, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> yesterday. And uh, none of it really panned out. Now, it also, unfortunately, silences skeptics. I thought we were all about dialogue, you know, and discussing things, throwing everything on the table and see what comes out of it. But it's, it's bashing skeptics. It's challenging those who have, quote, chosen to deride the facts, quote, facts, of climate change because of, and even judges why, you know, who am I to judge? Well, here's a judgment because of certain dismissive and scarcely reasonable opinions that I encounter even within the Catholic Church. So uh, the idea, you know, it's not subtle science. 
the idea that uh, in August, just August, it was like, what, two months ago, uh, a world climate declaration was signed, a 50-plus page document, by over 1,600 scientists saying there's no climate emergency whatsoever. And they really draw a focus on the fact that it's these climate models that are being used for the discussion of all this. And they said, this is a quote from their document, they said, to believe the outcome of a climate model is to believe what the model makers have put into it. Climate science has degenerated into a discussion based on beliefs, not on sound critical science. Now, if that was all that happened, it's okay, okay, the Pope is you know, off base here, it's no big deal, but there's fallout from this, and this is the problem with all this. Uh, why it can't just be ignored, but it really needs to be kind of pushed back against. Because the Pope is calling for globalist bodies to be, quote, endowed with real authority, <laughs> think World Economic Forum, you'll, you'll own nothing and be happy, to address the problem. Now, if the problem doesn't exist, you're fighting a phantom problem here. So take your cars away and your gas stoves away and your industry away, which you'll never get to zero, and because it's also burning fossil fuels and you know, China and everybody else who doesn't have to play by those rules or don't agree to, you know, just keeps sailing along uh, merrily. So that, that's a problem out there, Jesse. You know, uh, rest in peace, Cardinal Pell. I remember uh, years ago, I think like 2015, uh, when the Pope, when he came out with his, his first papal encyclical uh, on the environment, Cardinal Pell, he, he, he said, he said, he didn't say the Pope, he said, the church is not an expert on uh, is not an expert on science, and so <laughs> climate change is is has nothing to do with Catholic teaching. Again, it's still being hotly debated by by uh, scientists, uh, but the majority of scientists, just like that document that you shared, those sixteen hundred scientists, uh, definitely leans in the fact that this is. Uh, this is something that they're trying to use to depopulate the earth using sustainable development. And so the Pope's opinion on climate change is just that. It's an opinion. It has nothing to do with faith and morals. It has nothing to do with fundamental Catholic teaching. Climatology is not theology, so no Catholic is bound to believe anything outside of faith and morals. You know, and it does have effect on population uh, control, but also on power. Uh, when you uh, take away fossil fuels, even though they're burning like 99.9997% efficient, well, that's not good enough when you take away your stove anyway, blue flame gas stove, and your car, which has better emissions now than it ever, ever has. And anyway, when you take all that away, you saddle the economy so much that we have to now import because our industry is saddled with so much more burden. And that puts families out, hardworking families out of jobs who are trying to buy uh, goods from foreign countries with money that's not worth anything because you spent trillions of dollars, you know, the Green New Deal, $1.3 trillion, watering down our money, and everybody else says, yeah, you're, your, money's, your money's all swelled, you know, watered down, so you gotta send us more while you don't have a job to, to make it. So really, there's a lot of fallout, bad fallout, to hit hardworking families and the stress that puts on people and the psychological damage when you're unemployed, you got to feed a family, you don't have the money. I mean, on and on and on. So, uh, yeah, it's a problem. Yep. Well, man-made climate change is poor science, and it's even worse theology. What's next, Brad? Well, your, your uh, rock star, Bishop Joseph Strickland, Tyler, Texas, can't say enough good about him. So humble and yet so learned. 
He comes across just as really uh, low-key, and yet he really has his, his finger on the pulse of what needs to be out there. On Tuesday, uh, he dropped his uh, latest pastoral letter uh, on the sexual, the evils of the sexual revolution. And here's a, a, a quote from that. We as a society have become all too familiar with a long list of sexual sins, including fornication, adultery, contraception, sodomy, masturbation, pornography, and many other forms of unchastity that are so prevalent today. What a pastor really addressing a spiritual moral crisis. There's a crisis of masculinity. It's because they're steeped in sexual sins. And that's what has to be addressed to pull men out of, uh, out of the spiral is to get them chased and, and back on the path of God. And it also comes at a time when, when uh, you know, Pope Francis kind of uh, speaks in a little bit offhanded way when he says, uh, sins below the waist is, is, a, is a line that he would use. Bishop Barron, pelvic issues, you know. Uh, well, how does that stack up to Our Lady of Fatima, who said more souls would be going to hell because of sins of the flesh? So uh, it was so funny I, I, on Facebook the other day. I think it was Facebook. might have been Twitter. But anyway, social media. Strickland quotes, I don't know if it's John Chrysostom, one of the church fathers that said the skull, the, 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 the uh, floor uh, or the streets of, of hell are, are lined with the skulls of bishops. And he says, I don't want to become part of the pavement. You know, wow. it's so true. He has a conscience. He has truth. He has to do something with that. And he's on the hook before God to do that. Wow. Uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> at the end of his life, he has to answer for all that truth he either did use or didn't use in saving souls. So. Wow. You know, uh, St. John Chrysostom, he also did say in a, his commentary on the book of Acts, he says, I do not quote, I do not think there are many bishops that will be saved, but many more that perish, close quote. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that for a fact. Uh, wow. And it's really something out there. You know, one of the few bishops speaking up and, uh, you know, how's it going to go on Judgment Day when other bishops are just talking about climate change and these man-made, you know, uh, political issues. Um, finally, uh, there's a pro-life journalist could use prayers. Uh a pro-life journalist, Sandra Merritt, she was recently forced to pay $16 million uh, for exposing Planned Parenthood's sale of aborted baby body parts, uh, the body parts from aborted babies back in 2015. I mean, that made a huge difference in the pro-life movement uh, when you started seeing those, uh, her and Daleiden, uh, David Daleiden, exposing uh, the gruesome pictures and the sale. Of that. that was a bridge too far for many people. And it brought the, the sin of abortion right to, the, to their you know, doorstep. It really made an impact. This happened because Wednesday, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, denied Sandra's request for a review of a lower court ruling against her and fellow pro-lifer David Daleiden in their investigative work uh, for exposing Planned Parenthood in that in 2015. Now, the fallout from this is not just her, but also uh, her counsel, Liberty Counsel, is saying that they really are concerned about the impact that this will have, this case will have on future cases uh, on the First Amendment and also on the freedom of the press. So pray for her, pray for this case, you know, pray for the fallout. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult out there right now. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Brad. Uh, keep up the good work, my friend, and uh, keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Uh, keep, as uh, the gospel said today, you just, Put your hand on the plow and don't look back. That's all we can do. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see you later, my friend. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show. And uh, remember, St. Father DePio told us, he says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and God will hear your prayer. One of my favorite prayers throughout the day is Psalm 69, verse 2. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Well, you, you just know that anytime you tune into Virgin the Most Powerful Radio, we are uh, dedicated to putting the spotlight of truth upon this culture of death. And we got to speak the truth to power. We've got to do it with charity, but we've got to speak the truth to power. And we have to live without fear. And remember, every single one of us as Catholics, we're called to be a lighthouse. Every one of us is called to be a lighthouse amidst the gathering storm. And let's remember, how do you make America great again? You pray America great again. How do you make the Catholic Church great again? We pray the Catholic Church great again. And we're all called to be great saints. All of us. Don't miss the opportunity. As the first Pope says in Acts chapter 2, verse 40, he said, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Absolutely. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand out. We've got to fight for altar and throne. That one day, altar and throne may be inseparably united under Christ the King forever. And uh, remember that faith is what gets you started. Hope is what keeps you going. And love is what brings you to the very end. And as Catholics, I always tell people, don't forget to live in a state of grace. Why? Is it to earn your BA or your BS or your MA or your PhD? No! Let's live in a state of grace because we want to earn our ST. ST. And that's before our name, not after our name. Let's shoot for the ST. All right, family. You've been listening to Virgin Most Powerful. We just had Church Militant, our uh, Wednesday update. This is our Esther moment. We were born for such a time as this. The time for for wavering and for playing with sin is over. It's time now to convert now. The choice is now. And remember, may the words of Joshua the prophet be burned in our hearts. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. See you next time. God bless you. Keep the faith.